Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, you guys already know, we're talking about NBA free agency, the latest news. We are going to talk about the Red Sox at the end of the episode. We haven't talked about them in a bit, but obviously I didn't do episodes for three days in a row. I apologize for that. But then yesterday, Thomas was on the uh, air and we talked about basically, you know, our pitches to Kawhi Leonard and um, who holds the power in the NBA. And we're just kind of talking about how the offseason is put on a pause for Kawhi Leonard. And as soon as Kawhi makes the decision, we got the Paul George trade. Um, We've got DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green. They're on the move. Uh, then we started talking about Russell Westbrook trades. We're going to get to all of that. The latest NBA news, crazy day. I predicted Kawhi to the Clippers since he was tra- before he was traded to Toronto. Like When the trade rumors started heating up, I said, in free agency, that's where he's going. And I know lately we've heard the rumors he won't go there, but I'm still considering that I predicted he'd go to the Clippers. But anyway, we are just going to go straight into the latest NBA news, so let's get to that. All right, guys, so first, I'm going to start with Kawhi Leonard. Yesterday on my podcast, we talked about who holds the power in the NBA, and both me and Thomas agreed yesterday night at around 8 o'clock, it was Kawhi Leonard. At that moment, the power shifts around the NBA, but at that moment, Kawhi Leonard held all the power. The league was waiting on its his decision. The Lakers were waiting on his decision. You know, if he signed there, they were just going to get minimum dollar guys. But if he didn't, they were going to go after Danny Green, DeMarcus Cousins, these types of players. Almost the whole league was waiting to see what Kawhi did. Once Kawhi made his move, the whole rest of the league was going to start making moves. He was the big domino piece. It depended on what Kawhi did. Whatever move Kawhi made was going to affect a ton of other decisions. So, Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Four-year, $141 million deal. Same deal like Kyrie, uh, Kemba got, all these things. Obviously, I, Kawhi is worth more than that than me. Um, obviously, I talk, a lot of us agree that these NBA contracts are a bit absurd. But if I look around the market, I look and see some of these guys making uh, you know, more per year than Kawhi. It's kind of ridiculous. In my opinion, like Damian Lowe is making $49 million. If Dame's making $49 million, then Kawhi over uh, four years. I, yeah, I do believe it was a four-year deal, right? Don't quote me on that. So I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure. It's $49 million per year, I believe it's average. Yeah, it's a four-year, $196 million deal. Then Kawhi should be making about $55 mil. But then again, that's a bit absurd. Anyway, besides that, the Clippers are amazing. The, the job that they've done over these past two years. Rewind for a minute. Go back when they had Lob City. You had Chris Paul two, three years ago. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. You had that big three. You had Lob City. The Clippers just couldn't get it done. They had a nice little core there, but it was nothing that's going to win you a title. So they get rid of Chris Paul. They bring in Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, however you want to say his first name. They bring in a ton of pieces. Pat Beverly. They All those guys are still here. But just little, like, nice role players. That trade is really what all started this whole thing. And then it was the talk, all right, what about Blake Griffin? What about DeAndre Jordan? You know, now what for these guys? And then they trade Blake Griffin for Tobias Harris, 
um, Avery Bradley, a few picks, okay? So you add, Tobias Harris was a nice player, young player at the time, had been traded a few times already, and you get a few picks out of it. Avery Bradley, whose value was higher then than it is now. So you get rid of Blake Griffin, get rid of Chris Paul. DeAndre Jordan ends up leaving. Now it's a, you know, you're pressing the reset button. The Clippers go into it. You know, that Blake Griffin year, they don't do so hot. Then they come out the next year without DeAndre Jordan, without Blake Griffin, without Chris Paul for the first time. And they end up, you know, at the beginning of the year, they're the first seed. They were overachieving. They ended up finishing as the eighth seed. Went six games with the Warriors in the first round. They had a successful year. I know it doesn't sound too successful, successful, but it was for them. But actually, rewind. I just skipped ahead of it. Then they moved Tobias Harris. Okay? They moved Tobias Harris. They get guys like Landry Shamit, uh, Mike Muscala, who they end up moving to the Lakers to get Ivicia Zubac. Um and then they get other picks out of it, like the uh, 2021 Heat pick, which is a huge piece to this Paul George trade. So they have been working up to this for years. This has been a two-year process. Okay, they've been freeing up cast space. Clearly, they knew they were going to be in the race for big names like KD, Kawhi. That's why they made Tobias Harris trade, to free up that cap space. And then we enter free agency. They just made a great bid at these top free agents. Like, look at what our roster just did. All of this. We have the cap space. Kawhi, I thought he's going to Los Angeles, to the Clippers. Then in the past week, we hear the reports that it's down to the Lakers and the Raptors. Okay? But then again, who knows? This is Kawhi Leonard, and we don't know anything about Kawhi. He's just such a quiet guy. We don't know. You never know with Kawhi Leonard. Well, then, I he, well, I was watching, you know, I was watching the NBA Summer League, some of the Red Sox. I saw that earthquake. That was really odd. Very odd. So I go to bed, probably two hours, an hour and a half after I go to bed, because I was up watching the games. It's not so like 2.30 in the morning, of course, like 2, 2.30, when no one's awake. So I wake up in the morning, thinking not, nothing of it, of course, the night before, I was just with Thomas, and I said, we could wake up tomorrow and hear this news, or all of a sudden tonight, I like expect the news to come out very soon. But even after that, I went home after, watched the game. I was pretty tired. I just woke up. wasn't thinking anything of it. Usually when I wake up, I think, you know, what's going on in sports? And I was thinking that, but it didn't really click like Kawhi. You know, but then all of a sudden, I just check my phone, and I see... Kawhi, Kawhi's on the Clippers. I'm like, wow. My first reaction is like, oh my god. I thought they were out of it. I thought the Clippers were out of it. I was proud of myself for predicting the Clippers. I did give up on them at the end. But even who predicted the Clippers and stuck with it? You heard Woj report the Clippers are out of it. I mean, come on. I, I give myself credit for predicting that up until the last week. And I didn't even give a final prediction between the Lakers and the Raptors. Now I think about it. So I give myself credit because there's no way I was going to stick with it. I'd be a genius if I did that. Woj, all these types of guys reported, though, they were out of it. Obviously, with Kawhi, we never know, but still. Then I see Paul George get straight to the Clippers. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So then we hear the reports that Kawhi met with Paul George, got Paul George to request a trade out of OKC to come to the Clippers. Okay. 
That's why Kawhi didn't make his decision. That's why he didn't make his decision, you know, on uh, Sunday, Monday. Jesus, it's been a very long week. I just remembered Sunday was only six days ago. Wow. Oh, my God. Ooh, it's been a long week. I'm sorry. It's just it's been a busy week for me. Obviously, I missed three days, but yeah, between the fourth of July, all this NBA free agency news. I'm just remember. Oh my God! Wow, that was six days. That was only six days. Okay. Anyway, back on track. Okay. That was awesome. I mean, that was that was awesome. Balance is now restored in the NBA. We don't really know who the obviously. I'd say the Clippers are probably the best team right now. The Lakers are right there too. But still, we don't. There's no real clear cut. Um, best team in the league. But anyway, with that trade, well, first, it just, it, it was just shocking to me. Then I hear Paul George, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So then, obviously, as I was saying, Kawhi met up with Paul George, got him to request a trade out of OKC because Kawhi wanted to play with Paul George. At first, we heard the reports on Friday, Saturday, he wanted to play with KD. But the odds of that happening weren't great. KD goes to the Nets, it was a pretty easy decision. So then he says, you know what, I want Paul George. So he talks to Paul George, yeah, as I just said a few times. So the reason Kawhi was waiting was waiting on the Clippers to make the move for Paul George because if they didn't, he was going to go somewhere else. I've heard most likely the Lakers, which would have been horrible. But since they were able to make the move for Paul George, as soon as they did it, as soon as they said, Kawhi, we got the move, Kawhi said, all right, I'm a, I'm a Clipper now. Basically, that's kind of what happened. I said it in my pitch yesterday. I was the Clippers, and I said, we have, I don't know what my direct my direct quote was, but it was something on the lines of this. We have one of the best executives of all time in Jerry West. We have the cap space and the assets to make a move to get you that piece that we need to be a title contender. We're going to be, if you join, we're one piece away from being a true favorite to win the title. If you join already, we're one of the t- favorites to win just because you're Kawhi Leonard, and this is a pretty solid team. We're not the favorites, but we're one of the favorites. But we have Jerry West. We have assets and cap space to make a big move. And they did. That was the point. If they did not, if the Clippers don't trade Tobias Harris, don't have the cap space to get a big-time guy, not saying Tobias Harris isn't a big-time guy, but it's not what Kawhi was looking for. If they don't have that cap space, if they don't make that move, they can't get Kawhi or really Paul George because that 2021 Heat pick has some value. I'm not sure how much anymore of Jimmy Butler, but still. It has some value. So just it's a huge just chain of events that led up to this for the Clippers. Clippers are in a great spot. Jerry West, that's amazing to his resume. That is an amazing little thing. Not little, but big thing to his resume. It's already been very clean. So this two years leading up to this, Jerry West, he's been a steady, very good executive. And now all of a sudden with this move, he very may well, very well, maybe one of the best. Now, all of a sudden, I sit here, all right, this, their lineup, the only problem with the Clippers lineup, great defensively, all of this, they got bucket getters, you got Lou Will, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, but my only problem is they're a bit small ball, I look at their starting five next year, they're closing five, you know, Lou Will's probably going to come off the bench, but they're closing five, their best five, Pat Beverly at point guard, Lou Williams at shooting guard, Kawhi Leonard at small forward, Paul George at power forward, Montrezl Harrell at center. Okay, Harrell can play center. He's a he. He's not a small ball center, 
but he's not a big center either. So he's like an average size center. Paul George playing power forward means you better have a big center. All right. So I that to have team, and then you don't really have a point guard because Pat Beverly to me. I'm not saying he's not a point guard, but Pat Bev's really just a defensive player. He's not going to do anything for you offensively. I know Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Will, they can all probably create their shots, so you don't really need a playmaking point guard. So I guess that's all right, but still. That's my only problems with that roster, really, though. But they have good depth. You've got Landry Shamit, who will probably end up starting over Lou Will. He'll probably take that spot, but your best five out there will probably consist of Lou Will. But no, that team looks really, really good. Okay, and that was a huge signing. Now I want to get to the Paul George trade. So, a ton of pieces in this. All right, so Adrian Wojnarowski reported this, and then Mark Stein clarified that um, the Clippers would receive Paul George, and the Thunder would then receive the uh, t- unprotected 2022, 2024, 2026, and Miami's first in 2021. And then the protected, and then the protected pick was a 2023 um, protected from the Heat that they got in the Jimmy Butler move. Wait, this one says, all right, it says, this is uh, NBA.com, and it says, and a 2023 protected 1 through 14 acquired reported four team Jimmy Butler trade days ago. I didn't know they were in that. As well as pick swaps in 2023 and 2025. So, nonetheless, it's just a protected 2020, lottery protected 2023 pick. And they get Danilo Gallinari and Chai Gilgis Alexander. Huge trade, but it's well worth it for the Clippers. You have no assets. For the, <laughs> you have nothing now, okay? Your assets are all really players. Landry Shamit, I guess, like that type. You're at our draft picks now. But it was well worth it. Because with giving up all that draft capital, you get Paul George and technically Kawhi Leonard. Because if you don't give up that dra- those draft picks, not only do you not get Paul George, you don't get Kawhi either. So I think the Clippers have to look at it as they gave up all that for not only Paul George, but Kawhi as well. And if that, if you're looking at it in that sense, that trade was definitely, definitely no doubt worth it. Because if they don't make that trade, Kawhi is not a Clipper today. He's probably a Laker. Or if not a Raptor. So if you don't give up all that for Paul George, you don't have Kawhi Leonard either. So take that for what it's worth. So if you didn't really like that deal, thought they gave up too much for Paul George, well, think about it that way. They were getting Kawhi in a sense, in a two. So now I look at it for OKC. What does it mean? Awesome. This is awesome for OKC. This is exactly what they needed. Paul George is a great player. Paul George is a phenomenal player. And I get it that when I look at you're getting the Clippers unprotected 2022, 2024, and 2026 picks, along with Miami's 2021 pick and a protected 2023rd. So when I look at those picks, all right, already, 2022, by the time 2022 rolls around, the Clippers will still be a solid team. That's probably going to be mid to late pick, okay? I, just, I don't know if the Clippers will still be favorites then because Paul George is, you know, not getting any younger and Kawhi, not really either. I know they have a pretty young team around there, but again, Lou Will too. He's in his 30s. So I'm not sure where the Clippers will be by 2022, but I still think they'll be an outside the lottery team for sure. Probably in the 20s that pick will be. But 2024, 2024, 
I think Kawhi will be in the last year of his deal. Okay? Kawhi's in the last year of his deal. Paul George... Uh, I'm not I'm not too sure about Paul George. But by 2024, nonetheless, that has the possibility of being a lottery pick. But I wouldn't bet on that either. We don't know. But by 2026, that pick could have a lot of value. The 2021 Miami pick... I'm not really sure either because at the time when it was traded to the Clippers, it had a lot of value, but the values decreased with Jimmy Butler there, uh, possibly Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal. So, but then you have the 2023 pick, you know, lottery protected. We'll see. These picks could really end up being something. Then you add Danilo Gallinari. He is overpaid, but I believe he's only got one year left on his contract, and he's still a solid player who can keep your team a bit relevant. Okay, I know he's underrated, but if he can stay healthy, he's a 20-point-per-game scorer. So that gives, that's, that means a lot. And he's a shooter, which you desperately need. Whether you're going to trade Russell Westbrook or not, you need shooting, and he gives it to you for your one year. And then you get Shai Gildas Alexander. Clearly, they're interested in moving Russell Westbrook. We heard the reports. With Paul George now, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to keep Russ. You don't really have the assets. But Chad Gilgis-Alexander is the next point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's clear. So that was a good trade for the OKC Thunder. Get a ton of assets. Get a young player. Uh, get a guy who's going to come on here, really, just to make the deal uh, You know, make the deal happen. You had to throw in Danilo Gallinari. But he's also a nice piece for a year, despite being overpaid. Now it's time to move Russ. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Russ has been there for a while. OKC legend, absolute legend. It's gonna hurt to do, but you gotta do it. You have to now move Russell Westbrook. Okay, you need to go in full rebuild mode. I'm, I hate to say it, you have to do it. Okay, when I looked at this team going to the offseason, the Oklahoma City Thunder were stuck. Three first round exits in a row. Russell Westbrook and Paul George aren't getting any younger. They don't have a ton of assets. They don't have a ton of young talent. Steven Adams, but that's really about it. It's not like they had a ton of draft capital. Capital. They didn't have any flexibility because their cap space, they were up against the cap. So now you get rid of Paul George's contract. Okay, you get rid of Paul George's contract, get an abundance of picks, get Chai Gildas-Alexander, who can be your new point guard for the future. You get Danilo Gallinari's contract, which isn't great, but it's only there for one year. Now, all of a sudden, you're set up to move Russ. I would hate to have Russell Westbrook's contract. I'm not a, I know Russell Westbrook's overhated. He's a triple-double machine. I know he's a bit of a stat patter, but still, nonetheless, Paul J- Russ is a good player, but he's super overpaid. I would never want that contract. But teams are still interested in it, like the Miami Heat, like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Russell Westbrook will be the headline. By the time this cools down, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, Monday, Russell Westbrook's going to be the biggest headline in the NBA. And you're going to hear more predictions about Russell Westbrook from me, some more trade possibilities from me, just not today. So stay tuned for that. But no, you got to move Russ now. You move Paul George, move Russ. See what you can get for Russ. Okay, there's you. You're not gonna build around Russell Westbrook now. Don't go around and go flip those assets now, because if you go flip those same exact assets for a Paul George type player, almost all those assets that you just got for a player around Paul George's caliber, you're gonna be in the same spot you were last season, stuck. Okay, so don't do it. Okay, don't do it. Don't go flip. Don't go get those assets and then flip them right back around for another Paul George type player because. Then you're just stuck. You're back right up against the cap for years to come. 
you're still probably a first at max, second round exit. So I, I just don't see the point. And now you have no young assets again. So now all of a sudden, now if you trade Russell Westbrook, you get his contract off the books. I don't know what 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 they'll be able to do. Don't mark my words on this. They'll probably get another Danilo Gallinari type, you know, maybe a two-year deal. It's not so great. It depends on where he goes, really. But you're going to get more assets out of that. You, you can rebuild your own pick, maybe a lottery pick, too. So the OKC Thunder are now all of a sudden in a better spot than they were a day ago, let's say. The trade was about 18 hours ago. They're now in a better spot. This trade puts them in a better spot. If you can move Russ's contract for one around, you know, a high amount of money, but, you know, maybe only on a two-year deal or so and get an abundance of assets back, maybe a nice young player or two as well, you're in great shape. I don't know what that move will be. That's a tough thing because I don't know what type of trade that would be. I'm not really sure what Russ's value is on the market, but we'll see. That's a tough thing to read for now. But the OKC Thunder are in a better spot than they were a day ago. All right, so now we got the more NBA news. The Lakers. The Lakers, outside of all the Clippers and Thunder news, the Lakers have had a solid day. They missed out on Kawhi. Some Lakers fans are mad. But they signed Danny Green on a two-year $30 million deal. They get Boogie Cousins on a one-year $3.5 million deal. They sign Rajon Rondo to a two-year deal. Uh, JaVale McGee is back on a two-year $8.4 million deal, I do believe, or one-year $8.4 million. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact details on that one. And then Kyle Korver has some interest. He plays well alongside LeBron. So they also re-signed Alex Caruso. So they're making these moves. Missing out Kawhi on Kawhi was not the worst thing in the world for the Lakers. I value Kawhi more. Yeah, Kawhi probably has more value than Demarcus Cousins, Danny Green, or Jean Rondo. Yes, but this is perfectly fine because the Lakers didn't need any more star power at this point. It was all about getting the right role players. Okay, if you got Kawhi, now all of a sudden you have some crappy role players, and that clearly killed the Lakers last season. I'm not saying outside of LeBron, the Lakers had a ton of star power, but they didn't have the right role players, and it really killed them. Same thing happened to the Warriors. They didn't have role players that could step up. You know, they weren't deep enough, and it's killed them. You know, it's more of a star power league nowadays, but depth still matters. So now if you got Kawhi, you really have no depth. It's all veteran minimum dollar contracts or just regular minimums. So now all of a sudden, not getting Kawhi, you're able to get Danny Green. You're able to bring in DeMarcus Cousins on an incredible contract. You're able to bring Rondo back. You're able to possibly get Kyle Korver. You're able to get JaVale McGee. You're bolstering up the roster depth-wise. You didn't need Kawhi, okay? Kawhi was more of a luxury. It was KD with the Warriors all over again, okay? With LeBron and Anthony Davis, you don't need Kawhi. I feel you need more better role players. So this was not a horrible thing for the Lakers. As great of a player as Kawhi is and, you know, all that he just did last season for the Raptors. I hate to say it, Lakers fans, but this isn't that bad. It really isn't. Because now all of a sudden you're getting the right role players in here when you really don't need another star. I think it's more about the depth at this point, especially with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Maybe it's just me, but I think Danny Green, again, a great addition. He's a winner, great shooter, all right defender. Um, JaVale McGee, I don't think that was a must-need to get back just because I feel like in that front court you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Kyle Kuzma, so they're pretty loaded there already. So JaVale McGee didn't make a ton of sense, but 
you know, I guess it's all right. Rajon Rondo, someone they needed to bring back. He'll be a great playmaker and defender for that team. And they need a point guard in general because they literally have no one. Alex Caruso should be able to fill in a bench spot there. Uh, if they get Kyle Korver, that's a great veteran shooter on the wing for them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're looking good. I'm not saying this is a horrible thing for the Los Angeles Lakers. And then the last bit of news we'll get to in the NBA today. The possible trade that they could have made, the Raptors. OKC said, we'll package together Paul George and Russell Westbrook and try. And you give us Pascal Siakam as the centerpiece, maybe other guys like OG and Anobi, some younger guys like that, maybe a big contract like Serge Ibaka going back to OKC, stuff like that. I'm not really sure. We don't really know a whole lot of details, but Toronto declined that, and in their own right they did. That's great for them. Great move for them to decline that. Because, again, OKC, you don't want to be stuck like that. They already don't have great contracts in general right now. Keep Pascal Siakam. He's the future of that team. You know, what's next for the Raptors? I say rebuild. Try to get rid of some of those contracts. Serge Ibaka, definitely. Marcus Gasol, I think you can play out his contract for one year. You look at it, really, all they have for young players is Pascal Siakam, who's a future all-star for sure. Defensive player of the year. He's a great young player. Then there's Fred Van Fleet, who's, you know, maybe a future 15-point-per-game scorer and solid defender. I mean, he'll be, like, a nice, solid player. OG Ananobi, a rotational piece. So they don't really have a lot of young guys. Outside of that, really, that's about it. I did, like, the G League player, Chris Boucher. He won G League MVP, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, what's he going to bring? I'm not sure. So they just they were an old roster. Now with Kawhi, you know, you got to try to look to trade Serge Ibaka's contract. Definitely. Kyle Lowry, I look to move Kyle Lowry. I still think he has value on the market. I think he's like 32, 33 years old. You know, I think that was his last All-Star year, last season. I think Thomas said that yesterday, too. I do agree. So, I mean, I I look to move some of these veterans for younger pieces because it's not just, like, let those contracts rot and let them just walk. Try to get something out of them. Like, try to move Kyle Lowry for a nice young player, maybe a nice young point guard. I'm not sure what Serge Ibaka's you know, value is, but I think you get something out of him. Try to move him. I play out Marcus All's contract for one year because, you know, you can't get rid of them all. So that's the one to keep for one year. So we'll see what the Raptors do. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. Keep Pascal Siakam. Try to build your team around him for the future. And the Raptors fans should definitely be happy. I told us that time and time again. If you're new to this podcast, I've said it. Raptors fans should, you know, just wish Kawhi the best and just sit here and say, you know what, Kawhi, you came in here before you were traded here. You said, I don't want to be a Raptor, so expect me to be a Raptor. So we were warned before that, and you rose up against the odds and gave us our first franchise's championship. You know, Kawhi, I hate to be content in sports for one championship. It's more like go get the other, but I got to be happy that you gave us here. You warned us you were probably going to be a one-year rental. We're, you know, we should just be happy you even considered coming back. And you gave us our first, our franchise's first uh, ring. You may very well be the best Raptor of all time that one season, which shows, you know, I don't know. It wasn't very hard to do, I guess. I'm not saying he is, but he might be. But anyway, yeah, that's the NBA news. So now we're going to get to the uh, Boston Red Sox. Let's get to that. Okay, so the last time we checked up on the Boston Red Sox was after that disgusting London series where they lost uh, 2 nothing against the Yankees, got swept, 
It would have been a nice steel game. It wasn't called disgusting. It was pretty fun to watch. But still, it was just, yeah, I already ranted on that. But four games they've played ever since. It's the bottom of the first right now against the Tigers, 2 nothing. It's like 8.29 while I'm filming this. Filming, whatever, recording. And they played the Blue Jays three game series, beat them two to one, barely, but they did. And they beat the Red Sox last night, nine to six, the earthquake night, Zion night. I was watching that game, but I did watch the little Red Sox, watch Marcus Walden almost blow it in the sixth inning. I, I, I had a little bit of trust in Marcus Walden at the beginning of the year, but at the same time, I was just like, listen, he's a 28, 29 year old rookie. How much can I trust him? If you're a 28, 29-year-old rookie, and you get off to a bit of, like, a solid start-ish, he wasn't even doing fantastic. He was just solid, especially compared to the rest of the bullpen. I still can't give you much trust. I gave him a bit, and then he started to slip, and I was like, yeah, this is what I expect. Not much. Brandon Workman, again, I've said it, really the only one I can trust. I trust Matt Barnes if he's in the eighth inning rather than the ninth, but we, we can't do that because we don't have a closer, so everyone's got to play out of their role, and it's horrible. But, yeah, you had Marco Hernandez clutch up again. Again. But, no, I, I thought the Blue Jays series was all right. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, I won't lie. I'm pretty busy this week. I did watch some of it. I did. And I watched some of last night's game, as I said. They're, they're doing all right. I, I thought against the Blue Jays, you beat them 10-6. to 6. Six, lose 6-3 to three and beat them 8-7. to seven. You were this close to losing against them. Luckily, Marco Hernandez clutched up. You're struggling a bit too much against these easy teams, like the Blue Jays. I I, I don't want to say that because, you know, just two weeks ago I was talking about you can only beat these, these easy teams. But, like, in general, you st- struggled a bit against the Blue Jays lately. The series before that, which wasn't that long ago, I think you lost that series. Uh, yeah, they lost it 2-1. to one. Right after that twin series, which is like their best series of the year. But no, the Red Sox aren't on a turn. No one thinks that anymore. People are starting to catch on to something I've been saying all year. The Red Sox are inconsistent. Okay. Teams, people are figuring that out. Those people who said after the twin series, all right, they're back. And even after the Orioles series, especially the twin series, they said, no, give it more time. Give it like to the Yankees series. And then they lost that series to the Blue Jays got swept by the. Yankees went 1-4 and four right after that Twin Series. They said, yeah, they're inconsistent. They can't really focus for long stretches of time, which I get because, you know, they just won the World Series at the drag of the season. But, no, they're inconsistent. They can't focus. They played well so far against the Tigers through the first inning. They were up 2-0. They won 9-6 last night. But then they're going to face the Dodgers. Probably lose focus there. Face the Blue Jays again. You know, who knows? So, again, they're just inconsistent. But at the same time, they're catching steam a bit. Of late, at least. You know, three days, maybe we'll cool off again. Probably is how it's going to work with this Red Sox team. But, no, we're catching steam a bit. Four now, of course. You know, five and five in our last ten. Ever since that Yankee series, we are three and one. I hope on a road to four and one, by the way it looks tonight. Don't quote me on that, though. But we're 47 to 41. 534 win percentage. We're 10.5 games behind the Yankees, 7.5 games behind the Rays. At this point, I hate to settle for a wild card spot, especially with this team, but that's what's going to happen. Right now, it's a race with the Rays and the rest of those wild card teams. You can finish in second in the division, you're probably going to get a wild card spot. I can't guarantee that, though, either, because right now I'm looking at it and the, the Rays hold the top wild card spot, but not by much over the Indians. 
and not by much, too much over at the Athletics either. And the Rangers are right in there too. Um, you know, you look at the wild card race right now. Really, it's the Rays. The Rays are in the lead right now with the first wild card spot. The Indians have the second wild card spot. The Athletics are the first team out. You're the second team out, and the Rangers are the third team out. And then I look at some other teams. The Angels are at 506, and the White Sox are at 488. I doubt the White Sox will come back. The Angels could. I you know Tyler Skaggs thing really stinks. It really does. I hate. I hate. But at the same time, it could be that type of thing that the Angels need to really turn things in, in, into uh, high gear. They're six and four in the last ten. Yeah, that was horrible, horrible news. But um, you know they won. They won. They lost. They won. So so far the three and one since the passing of Tyler Skaggs, which you know I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna read into that too much, but I feel like just in general that's kind of the, the little spark that that team needed. I feel like they're just like a fun go out there play baseball. You know, go 488 on the season. But I feel like with Tyler Skaggs, they're gonna have that badge on their jersey for the rest of the season. They're gonna look at that, be motivated to play, and they're gonna play for him for the rest of the season. I think they could actually go for a wild card spot. I really I don't count them out because they're only at they're at five oh six and if if he didn't pass, I don't think I wouldn't really count them in it. But I think just because they have that badge on, it's a weird thing to say. I I, I personally I think the Angels organization would rather have him still be with us than have that happen, have that have to be their spark. They'd rather have to, you know, play for a, a, a different cause, I'm sure. But no, I think it's it's the boost that this team needed. I would have liked it to be something else. Obviously, everyone would. Uh, but no, I think this is the type of thing that they need. And just because of that, I'm not counting the Angels out. I'm not saying they'll get a wild card swap, but I'm not counting them out because I think they see that badge. They're going to have some like good run. I feel like there's going to be some like feel-good story at the end of the season. They're going to like steal like the last game or two of the season and sneak in. Something like that's going to happen. Maybe they won't make much noise in the playoffs, but it's all going to be for him. It's going to be like a nice story. That could happen. I'm not saying it will, but I feel like something like that could. So it's really like a five-man race right now. I don't count. You know, the White Sox are, you know, dangling on at the sixth spot, but they're five and five. They're starting to cool in their last ten. They're cooling off a bit. I don't count them out. I can't count any team out until it's official, but. At the same time, you got a five-man race. You know, the White Sox, if they can start heating up a bit, again, maybe they can make it a six-team race. But now it's kind of where the Red Sox stand right now. Again, again, if you seriously want to contend right now, you got to make a move for a closer. Some some sort of closer. I don't care what it is. Someone who can at least do it. You know, I don't care if they only can do it 70 five percent of the time i don't care if they go out there four times and only are successful three because that's way better than what we're getting out of matt barnes who was only successful two of his every five times or four of every ten times he goes out there that's much better much better ratio 40 percent of the time he goes out there and gets to save you can put matt barnes back as that eighth guy if you go out there and just make some small move for a closer who only gets 70 75 percent of the time, can he successfully get a save? I'm totally fine with that. We just need something, okay? You have the assets to make that bigger move, though. Just throwing it out there. So, that's the your Red Sox minute. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today. Again, go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces. I keep you guys updated on there. All of that jazz. Also, Go call in on the Anchor mobile app or on Safari. 
You guys can talk about anything you want. I say it time and time again. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.